Lord Jesus, we're here because you're alive, and when you walked out of the tomb, that changed everything. Lord, we come back to give you thanks for last weekend, for so many people who invited and prayed and welcomed and served. And Lord, thank you for so many people who came and so many who came to faith in you. Lord, we pray for those who came to know you that they would truly become disciples of yours. Lord, we're here because we need you. No one needs you more than we do. And so we pray you would meet each of us at our place of need. And Lord, there are 200,000 people in our county who don't know you. Lord, give us a heart to reach them. Lord, give us a love for, for lost people. Give us, the, give us the skills, the knowledge we need to take you and and to share you where we live and work and play so everyone in our county might have the opportunity to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, have, you ever, have you ever seen a lion tamer? you ever seen a lion tamer? Now, I used to always understand the whip, but I was always a bit confused by the stool. I always thought, you know, what does this do, right, with a lion? But, but then I read uh, something and it said there's four legs and when the lion focuses on four things, it kind of paralyzes the lion and keeps him from charging. And I realized that I'm a lot like a lion. Complicated things, I'm not real smart and when there's a lot of things to focus on, I get really confused and paralyzed. But Jesus uh, makes it really, really simple for me. Here's what he told me. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Is that simple? And he says it to you too. Listen, he says, here's what it's all about. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus said, if he's our first love, if he's our treasure, if he is our must have in life, everything else will fall out. We'll find that we have power to overcome sin. We'll find we have boldness in sharing our faith. We'll find we have the ability to be generous, that we have a growing obedience. If you love me, if that's your great focus in life, you'll keep my commandments. So, listen, are there sins in your life you'd like to overcome? Stay awake, okay? Would you like a greater boldness in sharing your faith? Would you like to grow in obedience? Stay awake and, and we'll learn from Jesus how you can. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John 14. And if you don't, uh, you can follow on the screens. It was Jesus' last night with his disciples. He had washed their feet. He instituted the Lord's Supper. In a few hours, you'll be arrested and then on the cross... And we read in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. <laughs> That's the point of the message today. It's hard to improve on God's word, isn't it? And, and here's what he said. If you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. If you're new here, we're glad you're here. This year, Jesus has invited us on a disciple-making adventure. If you'd like your life to count, if you'd like some excitement adventure, Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. His last command, his last command was go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until we win the world for Christ. Do you ever look around our country and say, it's such a mess, why doesn't someone do something? Why don't you? Jesus invites you to join him and be a part of making disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one. That's how our county, that's how our country will be changed through you signing up with Jesus to be a disciple maker. And so we've asked the question, right? We've asked, well, what is a disciple? And we've seen that a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And then we said, well, what does that look like? What does that look like? And we saw that a disciple has three great loves. A disciple loves Jesus, do you? A disciple loves one another, do you? And a disciple loves lost people, do you? And um, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying here that, uh, listen, it, it, to follow Jesus, you need to love him. And if you love him, you'll follow him. You see, a disciple obeys Jesus out of love, out of love, not to be loved, uh, not to be loved, but because he is loved. And that's so different. The religious person, the religious person obeys Jesus so Jesus will love him. A religious person thinks, man, if I want Jesus to love me, I've got to, I've got to keep his commandments. The disciple who understands the gospel so, no, no, it's the opposite. That listen, you have to be loved by Jesus to obey him. And the more we understand how much he loves us, the more we'll obey him. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says we love because he first loved us. Do you see 1 John 19? Will you read it with me? We love because he first loved us. Ah. Oh. See, that's what happens to a disciple. A disciple is loved, and so then the disciple begins to love back, and when we love back, we keep his commandments. When Jesus captures our hearts with his love, we gladly give him our hands and our feet, right? I mean, when he captures our heart, when we love him, hey, here's our hands and feet. Um, first comes love, then comes obedience. I love what someone said. Someone said, rules without relationships always lead to rebellion. Rules without relationship always lead to rebellion. So Jesus first establishes a relationship with us, and then when we love him, then he gives us rules to follow. So I want to show you the power of love for obedience. Now, ladies, do you like a good love story? Do you like love stories? Do you? One of the greatest love stories in the Bible is the story of Jacob and how he loved uh, Rachel. Uh, he, Jacob was a trickster. He was a deceiver, and um, he, he found a young lady named Rachel, and he loved her. And, uh, but Laban said, Laban said, to have my daughter, you have to work for me for seven years. Now, ladies, wouldn't you love to have a man who loved you so much that they were willing to serve and work and work in you for seven years? Uh, and, and then look, look at what it says happens after those seven years. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and he grumbled about every one of them. 
No, no. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. Seven years. Seven years he worked for her. He worked for her because he loved her so. Imagine. Imagine what our lives would look like if we loved Jesus the way Jacob loved Rachel. You know what I would love for people to say about Smiley? So Smiley served Jesus for over 40, over 50 years, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for him. Wouldn't that be great? Isn't that what it's meant to be? Isn't that what Jesus meant when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my... Listen, Jacob loved Rachel. He didn't complain for seven years. Listen, he served for her. Are, are we like that? How about the Ten Commandments? Have you ever read the preamble to the Ten Commandments? What do you mean? Do you know there's something before the Ten Commandments are given that a lot of times people uh, skip right over and, and people, the, bad, the Ten Commandments get a bad rap? They do. But let me show you the preamble to the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Before the Ten Commandments were given, God said, of all, of all the people on earth, I've chose to love you. And when you were slaves in Egypt, I heard your cries. And I delivered you out of slavery. I have brought you out of slavery, and I'm taking you into the promised land. What do we have there? First, we have what? A relationship, right? And then come the rules, right? First, there's love. And then there's obedience. And, and here's, isn't that our story too, isn't it? Doesn't Jesus say to us, I loved you and you were a slave to sin and death and I saved you? Now, now, now when you love me, here, here, here's my rules for you, right? Now, I want you to hear the Ten Commandments. I love you and when you go in the promised land, it will go better in the promised land if you put me first. Wouldn't that be true? How about our country? that Jesus loves us, and he says to us, listen, I, I love you, and, and listen, in our country, if you put me first, things will go better for our country. Is that true? Are you guys awake? That's true, isn't it? And then Jesus said to Israel, listen, when you go in the promised land, if you honor your father and mother, keep the fifth commandment, it will go better in the promised land. Is that true? Isn't that true here? Isn't, listen, if, if we who love Jesus, if we honored our mother and father, would things go better in our country? Would they? Are you guys awake? Yes. You're not convinced yet. Well, wait till the next one. Jesus said, listen, if you go in the promised land and you don't murder each other, which is the sixth commandment, it'll go better with you. Wouldn't that be true? And he says that to us. Listen, if you who love me... Don't murder people. Things will go better in your land. True, right? Isn't it? And, and then he says, listen, if you love me, when you go in the promised land, if you reserve sex for marriage, things will go better in the promised land. Is that true? And he says that to us. Listen, in America, if you love me, if you would reserve sex for marriage, things would go better in our country, right? I mean, would that solve a few problems in our country? And then Jesus says what? When you go in the promised land, when you go in the promised land, if you don't steal from one another, the eighth commandment, things will go better in your land. It's true, isn't it? 
I mean, how about in America? If, if we didn't steal, wouldn't that be nice not to lock your doors at night, wouldn't it? That's what would happen if we loved Jesus and what? And kept his commandments. You see, first there's love. Who's telling us what to do? The one who loves us, right? The one who saved us. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How about the Great Commission, right? His last commandment, what did Jesus say? He said, go and win people to Christ, and when you win them to Christ, then what? Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Do you know what we often do as Christians? We try and impose Christian rules on people who don't know Christ. And that's why they rebel, right? Because rules without, rebel rules without relationships always lead to rebellion. But listen, when we introduce someone to Jesus, when they have a relationship with Jesus, then we teach them to observe, right? All that I've commanded you. So I want you to understand a disciple obeys Jesus out of love. Do you love Jesus? Oh, what, what does a disciple look like? Listen to this verse. For the love of Christ controls us. What's a disciple? A disciple is someone who's controlled by the love of Christ. Well, well Smiley, is that his love for us? Or is that our love for him? What would you say? Yes, right? It's both. It certainly starts with his love for us. He loves us, right? And then we love him, and um, that becomes the controlling influence in our life. Imagine what our lives would be like if that were true. If the controlling thing in our life was his love for us and our love for him. For the love of control, Christ controls us. Well, how do we get there? Having concluded this, that one died for all, Therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Um, listen, we will be controlled by the love of Christ when we understand and believe the gospel, the bad news. The bad news that we have committed sin after sin, crime after crime against God. Listen, we've not put God first, have we? And uh, we've not always honored our father and mother, have we? And listen, we've not kept sex for marriage, have we? And we've not kept, uh, we've stolen things, haven't we? We've all committed crime after crime against God, and, and God is just, and, and he must punish sin, and he says what we deserve is death ourselves. And we can't save ourselves. But here's the good news, one died for all. And that one is Jesus. And Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth and lived a perfect life for us and died in our place. But he didn't stay dead. He died and, and he rose. He, he died for our sins. He rose proving he had conquered sin and death. And why did he do that? Now listen to what he says. Why did he do that? that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Something is meant to happen when we put our faith in Christ that changes everything in our life and everything in our eternity so that from that moment on, we don't live for ourselves, but we live for him. Right? Is that true of you? So what's our part? When we're blown away by our sin 
and how Christ would die for us. And that Jesus offers us the opportunity to be forgiven. And he offers us the opportunity to do life with and for him, and eternity with and for him. Well, what's our part? Here it is, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Our part is to surrender. Jesus, I'm tired of doing life for myself. I surrender. I surrender. I want to do life with and for you, eternity with and for you. Have you done that? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from, forgiven, saved from wasting your life, saved from wasting your eternity, saved for forgiveness, saved to live a life that matters with and for Jesus, saved to do eternity with and for Jesus. Oh, man, if you've never, if you've never confessed, if you've never believed, won't you? It really is as simple as A, B, C, A, that we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry, won't you? And it's to believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose, won't you? And it's to commit to Jesus, a Savior. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to forgive me and give me eternal life. But it's also to commit to him as Lord. I surrender today. I want you to become Lord of my life. And from this day forward, as you lead me, I will follow you all the days of my life. Listen, if you've not done that, won't you? And if you have... If you have, what does a disciple look like? Here it is. For the love of Christ controls us. A disciple has experienced a love that changes the direction of their life in eternity. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. And that's why Jesus said what? That if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, a disciple obeys Jesus out of love. And to help us love Jesus and to help us obey Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. The next verse, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Listen, if, if you're new, we believe there's one God and yet the one God exists eternally in three persons. There's God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And we see all three right here, don't we? I, God the Spirit, will ask the Father, God the Father, that he may give you another helper, God the Spirit, that he may be with you forever. We call this one God who exists in three persons the, the Trinity to explain that. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it did not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. When we believe in Jesus, not only are we forgiven, but we're given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's given to us to make us holy. We're given the Holy Spirit so that we could love Jesus. We're given the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and the power to obey Jesus and to follow Jesus. And how does that happen? The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. He says, look at Jesus. Look at how he loves you. His love alone will satisfy you. Look at Jesus. Look at the life he lived. He lived a beautiful life. Don't you want to live like that? He's wiser than you. He's wiser than you are. Obey him. Follow him. Listen, his purpose for your life is, is big enough to give your life to. Listen, follow him and fish for men. Love Jesus, treasure Jesus, follow Jesus, make much of Jesus.
Do you hear him in your life? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Uh, For the day, for that day, uh, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, see there were two Judases among the twelve. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me uh, does not keep my word, and the word which you heard from me, uh, but the Father who sent me. Now, I want you to see here that the disciple obeys Jesus out of love so everyone can win. Why would we obey Jesus? Well, because we love him, and when we understand, when we obey him, everyone can win. We will glorify Jesus, we will bless other people, and we will get joy. Let me show you these two great verses here. Look at verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. You love Jesus? When you hear his commandments, do you want to do them? Now notice what happens. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the, is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. When we obey Jesus, Jesus wins because we glorify him that former rebe- rebels now obey him. And they obey him, why? Out of love. Wait a minute, they don't have to do that? No, no, they're not trying to earn your love. No, they obey me because they love me. That glorifies Jesus. When you obey Jesus, it blesses other people. But notice, when we obey, we're blessed because we experience more of his love and we get to know Jesus. Not just about him, we get to know him as we walk in obedience. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. We'll experience his love and get to know him better. But some of you say, wait, Smiley, wait, wait, wait. You just said before, you just said before that, that obedience comes after love, that, that Jesus loves us and then we obey him. But now you're saying that if we obey him, we experience more of his love. Which is it? Does his love come first or after our obedience? Help me, what? Yes, it's both, right? His love comes first. He loves us. He loves us. And because he loves us, when he calls us to do something, then we obey him. And when we obey him, we get to know him more, right? And we get to experience more of his love, which makes us want to take another step and another step and another step, right? Oh, um. Over and over again, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we probably say, well, which commandments? Well, how about all of them? But let's just look at two. Let's just unpack two of his commandments, okay? Certainly when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, the disciples would have thought about his new commandment that he gave that night. And certainly soon they would think about his last commandment. So let's look at his new commandment and his last commandment. 
This night, Jesus had washed his disciples' feet, and after he washed their feet, here's what Jesus said in John 13. A new commandment I give you. Okay, here's a new one. What is it? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And some of you say, well, why is that new? Well, here's how. In the Old Testament, they were told to love their neighbor. In the Old Testament, they were told to love their enemy. But here's what's new. Love one another. And one another means in the church. He says, here's my new commandment. I want you to gather together in a church, and I want you to love one another. That's what's new. And what have we been learning? What a disciple has three great loves, right? We love Jesus, and then we love what? One another. Why do we love one another? Because that's Jesus' new commandment. The other thing that makes it new is the new commandment is that you love one another even as I have loved you. The standard's been raised. And then Jesus says, here's how everyone wins when you do. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When we love each other, Jesus gets glory because people say, how are those people so different able to love one another? <laughs> Through Jesus, right? He gets glory. And listen, when we love one another, others are blessed because we love them, but we get joy, the joy of knowing Jesus and experiencing his love ourselves. Let me show you that. Um, a little earlier, after Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, here's what Jesus said, If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Whoever heard of God washing the feet of proud, sinful people? But isn't that what Jesus did? And after he washed dirty feet, he says, listen, I've given you an example. Go and do what I did. And that should be enough, right? I mean, Jesus washed our feet. We should wash other people's feet. But I want you to notice what Jesus said next. He said, the reason you should wash other people's feet is there's something in it for you. You will be blessed. <laughs> Look at verse 17. If you know these things, that Jesus wants you to love others and serve others the way he's served you, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Wow. Why should we serve others? Yes, it brings glory to Jesus. Yes, it blesses other people. But you know what? We get the joy of knowing Jesus and experiencing his love. Let me illustrate that for you. Um, Last Sunday, 10.30, I'm about to get up and speak, and, and I'm here, and Jeff Rott comes over to me, and he hugs me, and he says, I love you. And, and then he says, Ed and Beth Pertil, they flew up to Chicago to come to my dad's funeral, and that meant everything to me. So this week, I, I, I call Jeff and, and, and talk, and he says, it's, uh, if you don't know, Jeff's dad died recently, and Jeff was going to speak at the service last Friday, and uh, Jeff says he gets up, to, 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 he's just about to speak, and he looks and he sees his best friends, Ed and Beth Bertil, in the back of the room. Uh, and Jeff says he starts running toward them, and Jeff and I are a lot alike. We're not. <laughs> so Jeff starts bawling on the way to the back. He's just crying, and he, and he hugs Ed for two or three minutes, and, um, 
And Jeff said something interesting. People often ask, how's everything in life? And Jeff says, Jeff says at the same moment, he had unbelievable sorrow at his dad's funeral and unbelievable joy at the same moment, right? Because his best friend had traveled 1,100 miles to be there with him. Um, see, I believe Ed and Beth, they got on a plane and flew 1,100 miles. And when they did, everyone won. Because I believe that as they were hugging each other and people saw that they had come 1,100 miles, Jesus was glorified. Why would anybody do that? But you know what? When Jesus crosses the universe, to go 1,100 miles just doesn't seem a big deal, does it? And when Jesus sheds his blood for you, paying for an airline ticket just doesn't seem so big anymore, does it? Not when you know Jesus. So Jesus gets glory, doesn't he? <laughs> and you know what? Jeff was so ministered to. He says, man, he, they were there for the service, and we got to go eat fried chicken together after. Joe was, Jeff was so blessed. But I believe that Ed and Beth were the most blessed of all. Isn't that what Jesus said what? If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Oh, that we knew that, that when we serve others the way that Jesus serves us, the one who serves is the one who gets the most joy. Isn't it great to obey Jesus? When you obey Jesus, what happens? Everyone wins. Jesus is glorified. Other people are blessed, and, and, and we get joy. How about, how about his last commandment? How about his last commandment? Let's just look at that just for a moment. Now, his last commandment, we call it the Great Commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And so we've been learning that a disciple has three great loves. A disciple loves Jesus. When we love Jesus, he says, love one another. And then his last command was, there's a lot of lost people on earth, love the lost. <laughs> so here's his last command, go and make disciples of all the nations. Listen, go and, and win people to Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Now, Jesus could have stopped there, couldn't he? There's lost people. Go and tell them. Um, you've been forgiven. Now go tell others. He, he could have, right? But Jesus ends the Great Commission by telling you what there is in, in the Great Commission for you. Here's what he says, that if you go and tell other people about Jesus, you will get to know me in ways you would never know before. And lo, look, I'm with you. You want Jesus to be real in your life? Tell someone else about him. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I just finished some pre-marriage counseling. We were FaceTiming with a young couple, and I asked, the, I asked them, you know, like, uh, do you share your faith with people? And, and, and the bride-to-be who's a new Christian, you know what she told me? Every time I tell someone else about Jesus, I convince myself that it's true. Isn't that what Jesus said, isn't it? He said, when we tell others what? Then I'll be with you. The very context of the Great Commission is some disciples had doubts. And what did Jesus tell them to do with their doubts? What? Go and tell other people. And when you go and tell other people, I'll show up and your doubts will go away. Oh, man, why do we tell other people about Jesus? Well, certainly it brings glory to Jesus. Certainly other people are here. But you know what? It's so good for us. When was the last time you told someone about Jesus? So there it is. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, 
Uh, I, I want to take that and turn it into an action step that's very, very simple. And here's the action step. I want you to pray this week that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more today. Each day for seven days, I want you to get up and just pray, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more today. Now, some of you right now are struggling with an area Jesus is calling you to obedience. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at Jesus ten times for every time you look at the commandment. Just look at Jesus ten times and say, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more today. And I believe when you look at Jesus and you love Jesus, you'll find the power you need to obey. Many of you have accountability partners, and that's a good thing. But let me encourage you to hold each other more accountable for the first half of the verse than the second half. What do you mean? When you get together, ask people, how's your love for Jesus? How have you experienced the love of Jesus lately? What about the love of Jesus amazes you most? And I think if we spent more time on the first half, the second half would begin to clear itself up, wouldn't it? Oh. Let me show you how this works in my life. Um, Jesus gives us invitations, doesn't he? And I try and respond to them every day, don't you? He says, come and see. And, and, and then he says, follow me. And then he says, fish for men. And so every morning when I wake up, I hear Jesus say, come and see. And when I come to see Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more today. I'm reading a book on, um, on uh, how we got the Bible. And I want you to know, I get to get up and see Jesus. Do you know that most Christians in history couldn't get up and spend time with Jesus and his word? Do you realize that? Let me get, you know why? Because most Christians couldn't afford a Bible. Because Bibles used to be extremely expensive. Do you know how blessed I am of all the people that have ever lived? I own a copy of the Bible. Do you? It smells like Jesus, doesn't it? Do you know why the re you know another reason why people couldn't read the Bible? Throughout history, most Christians were illiterate. But I live at a time in history where I got to go to school, and I know how to read. Are you blessed enough to know how to read? So I have two blessings. I own a copy, a personal copy of the Bible, and I know how to read. And every morning, Jesus says, come and see. Oh, if, if you haven't joined us, why don't you pick up a study? And we've been reading through Colossians together. And this week, when I got up to spend time with Jesus, do you know what I saw in Colossians 2? I saw in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that I get to get up and I get to sit at the feet of the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wouldn't we get up? Wouldn't we spend time with Jesus if we believed that in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? Oh, what about Sundays? Wouldn't Sundays be different if we thought it's come and see Jesus, wouldn't it? that we get to come and spend time with the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And one of the reasons we gather together is one of the gifts that Jesus gives to his church is he gives people that are gifted in teaching and they can help us come and see Jesus. And the reason we want to come and see Jesus is we know if we know him and love him, we'll keep his commandments. <laughs> do you know what I get to do on Sunday night? Every Sunday night, I get to gather with a small group of people, and what we do together, you know what we do together? 
We come and see Jesus together. And do you know what I find in my life? When I love Jesus, I want to keep his commandments, don't you? That's why we want to focus our eyes on Jesus because when we love him, we'll want to keep his commandments. Come and see. Then Jesus says, follow me. And so every day as I get up and see how beautiful Jesus is and and he says, follow me, you know, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus. Help me to see the beauty of Jesus so that I want to follow him today, right? Oh, and, and so Jesus loves me, and then I read his word, and he, and he commands me to do things, and when I do them, then I experience his love, and I want to take another step, don't you? And so what did we see today? Jesus washes our feet, and then he says, listen, if, I, uh, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. So this week, this week, I was thinking of all the people who work so hard on Easter, and so I got out my cards, and I began to write thank you cards for people who work so hard. And do you know what happened? I had the best time myself writing cards encouraging others. Do you know why? Because Jesus said what? If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Of course, I know when I wrote them that it brings glory to Jesus and it blesses others, but I get joy. But I know some of you say, well, no wonder you get more out of it than others. You know, some of you, right? Because those who get them can't read what you write anyway. Oh. When we follow Jesus, everyone wins, don't they? We bless other people and bring glory to Jesus and we get joy ourselves. And the same's true. Every day I hear Jesus say, fish for men, fish for men. Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus. Help me to remember that when I share Jesus with others, he becomes more real to me. Um, now, I've shared this story with you before, but it's so good. Here's what happens when we share Jesus. A lady leads her next door neighbor to faith in Christ. She leads her neighbor to faith in Christ and she says, listen, now that you know him, it's important you follow him, so spend time with him and his word. So one morning, one morning she hears this blood-curdling scream from her neighbor who's running across her first lawn, across her front yard. And her neighbor says, Mary, Mary, I was reading the Bible just like you told me to do, and I read this verse right here. It says... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's in the Bible. Did you know that was in the Bible? You know what happens when you've been a Christian too long? The good news begins to become old news, doesn't it? You hear about Christ dying for us and it no longer stirs your heart, right? But I tell you, when you share some, that gospel with someone else and you see the joy they experience in discovering John 3.16, then the good news becomes good news for you again. Do you know why you should share your faith? Because you need it. You need to see the joy that someone else experiences when they hear John 3.16 for the first time. You need it more than they need it. It's true, isn't it? So this week, this week, what I really want you to do is just to pray. Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more today because you'll be amazed that when you love Jesus, you'll keep his commands. Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you for loving us. It makes perfect sense that we would love you. But it makes no sense that you would love us. Thank you. Thank you for coming and dying in our place and rising and offering us the opportunity to no longer live for ourselves, but to live for you and for you and to do eternity with and for you. And listen, if you're here and you're not controlled by the love of Christ, but you'd like to be, you're tired of doing life on your own, Jesus is here. Won't you take that first step and believe? Won't you just admit where you are? Jesus, I've, I've sinned against you and I, I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and wrongs. And won't you commit? Jesus, be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? And if you have, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. And Lord, I pray for those of us who have believed in you, who have received you, that this week we would pray, Holy Spirit, help us to love Jesus more. And as we do, that we would find we want to follow you, we want to obey you, we want to tell everyone about you because we love you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.